Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Mountains are majestic. Mountains inspire us. Mountains have symbolic meaning for us, as in, climb every mountain. Right? Mountains are amazing geological structures. Some people cannot live far from them, and others cannot help but climb them. But do they also cause us terror and dread? Perhaps to the early pioneers, as they forged their way west, they saw mountains as obstacles and were overwhelmed by what stood in the way of their journey. Did they view them with terror and dread? I don't know for sure. But I do know that Abraham, in our first reading tonight, must have been overcome when Mount Moriah came into view. Hear these words again from Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went together. The Lord came to Abraham and instructed him to take his son, his only son Isaac, to Mount Moriah to offer him as a sacrifice on that mount. Here, Abraham was faithful. This was a terribly difficult test, as you can imagine. To obey God's command, Abraham had to disregard everything in his heart and his reason told him. And to concentrate totally on God's promise that was in Genesis chapter 17, verse 21. My covenant I will establish with Isaac. The epistle of the Hebrews that was read a few moments ago helps us to understand Abraham's attitude. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. 
they probably thought of it this way. If there was a conflict between God's command and God's promise, then resolving that conflict was God's business. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to Abraham. Abraham's business was to put God first and obey God's clear command. Before our reading for today, Abraham had subverted God's promises by taking matters into his own hands. Perhaps you remember when he lied about his wife Sarah to Pharaoh. Or that he slept with Hagar, his wife's servant, so that he might have a son. But not this time. This time Abraham gets up early, cuts the wood for the sacrifice, and takes his two servants and Isaac and sets out for the land of Moriah, a 50-mile journey. And when they reach the site three days later, Abraham orders the servants to stay while he and Isaac go on ahead. Abraham's instructions to the servants are significant for two reasons. I and the boy will worship. Abraham is about to sacrifice his son, and what word does he use to describe the act? Worship. When you and I think of worship, we typically think of offering a song or a prayer for about an hour, and perhaps a gift. But when Abraham worshipped, he offered his son. He offered the biggest part of his life back to God. And he also told his servants, and then we will come back to you. During that three-day walk, Abraham had plenty of time to consider how the Messianic promises were through Isaac. So if Abraham had to kill Isaac, then God was simply going to have to bring Isaac back to life. His son would be raised from the dead, and the two of them would walk back down that mountain. Abraham is silent as father and son walk up Mount Moriah together. But Isaac breaks the silence. Father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? That question must have cut Abraham like a knife. And he answers, the Lord will provide. We must remember, sin requires sacrifice. Blood must be shed to pay the price. Payment must be made to satisfy the debt. Sin has exiled man from God, and the only way to return from this exile is to pay the price demanded. And that price is blood. So to satisfy the payment demanded, Abraham prepares to offer up his only son. Isaac is the sacrifice. He carries the wood for the sacrifice upon his shoulders. Silent, innocent, bound. Laid upon the altar, his father gives him a parting kiss, perhaps an extra kiss from Sarah. And Abraham takes the knife and raises it to give the final cut to Isaac's throat. Until, until the angel of the Lord calls out with a doubly urgent, Abraham, Abraham. The Lord stays Abraham's hand. And the Lord does provide a sacrifice. 
A ram is caught in the thicket. And thus it is said, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Now there are all kinds of Christological implications all over this text. So when we really dig down, we can't help but make connections to Jesus. The Lord said to Abraham, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Obviously, Abraham has another son, Ishmael. How then should we understand your only son? Well, looking at the language of the entire chapter, we can see a connection to the only begotten Son of God. You and I are like Ishmael, but Jesus is like Isaac. Donkeys are quite capable of navigating the mountains or hills in this part of the country of Israel. So why does Abraham leave the donkey behind? The answer is seen in his placing the wood on his son Isaac, who then bears the wood upon which he will be sacrificed upon that mountain. Again, here's another strong Christological connection. Jesus would carry the wood of his cross beam so that he could be laid upon it as the sacrifice for us. This account is so powerful and that drama so intense that Abraham's faith is so shocking and then comes the rescue by the angel of the Lord, which is so amazing. And it's so amazing that the Hebrew people will later build the temple upon that very mountain. Mount Moriah is where God dwells with His people. But Mount Moriah later becomes known as Mount Zion in the midst of Jerusalem. The Hebrew people revere this account of Abraham and Isaac so highly that it has its own title and place in their faith. They call it the Akedah, which is the Hebrew word for binding. Isaac is the only bound, tied-down sacrifice that is placed on the altar before he's killed. All other sacrifices are first killed and then placed upon the altar. The blood is poured and sprinkled, but Isaac is the only bound sacrifice in the Old Testament. He's the only living sacrifice in the Old Testament. In the rest of the Bible, there is only one more living sacrifice. Yeah, that's Jesus, the Lamb of God. He is the only one in the New Testament sacrifice to be found. He's nailed to the altar of the cross to suffer and die. He is both the only begotten Son and the substitute ram for the sacrifice. For sin. For our sin. Our sin has exiled us from God. Humans were created to be close to God. To walk with God in the cool of the day. To enjoy each other's presence. But sin has driven us away from our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now we hide from God. We blame others for our behavior. We have committed crimes against our holy and just judge. That means that payment must be made. The payment that God, our judge, demands is blood. Thankfully, the Lord provides that blood for us. On the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. But that sacrifice did not take place on Mount Zion. The reason Jesus is not sacrificed on the Temple Mount is due to the law that forbids the killing of a human within the city gates. 
Therefore, we see Jesus is sacrificed on Mount Calvary, outside of the city. As a result, He is connected with the scapegoat of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which was taken outside the camp or city, bearing the sins of Israel. Our Lord Jesus, the only begotten Son of the Father, and the substitute ram sheds His blood on Mount Calvary. The Lord provides the final sacrifice for the sins of the world. Abraham makes a three-day journey to Mount Moriah prior to the sacrifice of his own son. But Jesus' three-day journey follows his sacrifice. For three days, he lies in the tomb. For three days, the grave holds him. But on that third day, Jesus is lifted up to new life, a glorious resurrection. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God provided His Son, His only Son, as the sacrifice required for sin. And all who believe in Him shall not perish. For God provides everlasting life on this mountain. From Mount Moriah to Mount Zion, a return from exile. We who have been exiled from the presence of God by our sin have been returned to His presence, restored to His face, Reunited on this mountain. On this mountain, God provides His only Son, and He provides the bloody payment for sin. On this mountain, our exile has ended. Because of what happened on Mount Calvary, now we are able to climb the new Mount Zion in heaven. All because on the mount, the Lord provides. Our fear and dread have turned to elation and exhilaration. And for that we give thanks to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.